Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and a special welcome to those joining us online as well. We just welcome you all here with us today. It is good to be with you for this encouraging message, like Pastor Matt said. We've been in this series called Stay Positive for the past three, now four weeks, and today's topic in Stay Positive is encouragement. So I trust that As we're talking about encouragement today, that this is going to be a very encouraging message for you all. But just to remind you that the past three weeks, what we've been talking about, actually encouragement is one of those positive attitudes that encompasses the three things that we've talked about in the past few weeks. So um, encouragement encompasses uh, the it helps renew our confidence. In God, and we talked about confidence last week. Encouragement is actually can be a reminder of what we have to be grateful for, like we talked about in week two. And encouragement really does encompass optimism. When we are encouraged, it can give us a reason to be optimistic and hopeful about life. So really, the past three weeks have been leading up to today in us talking about encouragement, that we have a hundred reasons to be encouraged. Now, who here does not need to be encouraged once in a while, right? Who here does not need to be encouraged? And who here, we all need encouragement at least some point in our lives, right? Hopefully, some of us a little more often, but at some point in our lives, we all need some encouragement in the things that we do and in this thing we call life. Now, who here, too, doesn't try to be an encourager, hasn't been in a position to encourage someone else at some point? Right, Because we all have people in our lives that need a little boost every once in a while. Well, the title today, I know you're looking at this title and I hope that you're not thinking, oh my goodness, is she going to go through a hundred things today because I can only really absorb three because that's what we normally do, right? (laughs) No, I'm not going to go through a hundred things today. But this title is to remind us, remind me of something really. Um, It reminds me of the type of articles that I like to click on and read. Like if I saw an article that was titled, 100 Reasons to be Encouraged, oh, you better believe I'm clicking on that article and I'm reading or at least scanning the highlights. I love, I don't know if you're with me on this, I love numbered bullet-pointed articles that, like, help you improve in your life, right? Like articles like um, Five Ways to Be a Better Friend. I love reading stuff like that. Or, you know, 10 ways to improve your marriage. Um, three things to say in a crisis. Oh, yeah, let me, let me see. What are we supposed to say when somebody's in a crisis, right? Or one of my favorite types of articles to read, 15 simple ways to instantly reduce clutter. Oh, I am clicking on all these types of articles all the time, and I'm, you better believe I'm either reading if I have time, or I'm saving it for later, or I'm scanning the bullet points, because I want to be encouraged. I want to know what it's saying, because this is the thing. When, I, when you click on things like this, and you read things like this, it's, it might be things that you already know, right? It might be things that you already do, but when you read and when you scan articles like this, you're encouraged that, hey, look, I'm already doing this, or I'm already doing that. Great. Hey, wonderful for me. Or it gives, gave you a boost of encouragement. It can give you a boost of inspiration and determination, maybe hope that, 
One day I can attain some of these things, right? One day I can implement some of these things or maybe start to implement those things in your life to improve. It gives you encouragement to move forward. And that's what encouragement is. When we give encouragement, when we receive encouragement, it gives us inspiration. It gives us a hope. It makes us determined. It gives us determination to succeed in whatever we face in life. Encouragement might be something, you might be hearing something that you already know. Somebody might be giving you an encouraging word, something that you've already done, or you already do, or you have already heard and you know. But that's what encouragement is. It's that little boost. It's that little reminder, right, of what's good and what's positive and what's true. It helps us remind us of the possibilities in our lives. So to stay positive, we need encouragement. The word of God, there we go, says about encouragement. We're going to look into the word of God and discover what God's word tells us about encouragement. And let me tell you, it might already be things that you know or have heard before. That's what encouragement is, things that you've known or heard before. But as we all remind ourselves today about what God's word says, let us be encouraged. So in the word of God, first of all, in God's word, we are encouraged to be encouragers. Right? We all face trials daily don't we? We face this thing called life, and life is full of trials and challenges day after day after day. And you know what? Encouragement was something that was very foundational and necessary in the early church. That's why in God's word we are encouraged to be encouragers, because just like the early church needed encouragement within, so do we as the church today. The early church was essentially a new faith, a new religion, if you will, right? They were, they were gathered together as believers in Jesus Christ who had just come and, and brought this new idea, this new covenant from God. Then he was crucified. Then he rose again and news of his life and his death and his resurrection, of his teachings, of his healings, of his miracles, were spreading far and wide. And the church was growing by leaps and bounds. People were coming to believe in Jesus Christ. And when you have a movement growing in leaps and bounds, that brings its own set of challenges, doesn't it? But not only that, they were facing challenges within, but without. I mean, they were, the critics were plentiful. Persecution was rampant among them. And then they had false teachers and false prophets that were trying to, you know, get on the bandwagon and make a name for themselves and kind of jump in on this new movement. So they had a lot of false teachings and things going on, confusing the body of believers all around. And so they needed encouragement just like we do today. So let's look at a few things that Paul told the early church that can still apply to us as a church today. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as, in fact, you are doing. 
What is he saying? He said, You're already, you already know what to do. You, you guys at the, in the church at Thessalonica, you're doing good. You already know what to do. So I encourage you, keep on doing what you're doing. Don't stop, right? Don't stop encouraging one another. Then he says to the church in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, and live in peace. Right? What was he telling the church in Corinth? He was giving them words of encouragement to just live in unity, seek to strive to be restored to one another, be unified, be of one mind, live in peace, and encourage one another. As you do that, be an encouragement to one another, build one another up, don't tear one another down. And then what does he say in Hebrews 13, 3.13? Encourage one another daily, as long as as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Because, you know, we all face the battles within us, don't we? We all face the battles in, with the struggle within between the old man and the new creation that we become as believers in Jesus Christ. And not only do we face that struggle, but as believers in Christ, as Christians... In the times, in the early church times, and again today, all throughout history, we face challenges from without that enemy that wants to tear us away from the faith and break us and bring us down. We face those struggles and we need the encouragement of one another to build us up, to keep us going, to help us to thrive and grow in the church. So we are encouraged to be encouragers. Second, in the word, in the word of God, we recognize in God's word some examples of unhelpful encouragement. Now, I put the word encouragement on this point in quotes because I'm sure many of you have experienced words of encouragement that may have not been so helpful may have actually been hurtful, may have not really helped the situation, might have even made it worse, right? Sometimes we try to, we might have even been that individual at times where we try to be encouraging, but we just say all the wrong things. And so in the word of God, the account of Job and his friends is one of the quintessential examples of what it means to be unhelpfully encouraging, not really, encur- not really helpfully encouraging. Um, if you don't know the story of Job and his friends, Job lost everything, right? Job in the Bible was being tested by Satan, and he completely lost everything in his life. And so his Job's friends come along when he's grieving, when he's hopeless, when he's in misery, and they come alongside him, and they really try to encourage him But essentially what they're saying to him is, you know, these problems that you're going through, I bet it's because God's angry at you. You must be sinful. You must not be righteous in some way. You must have displeased God. You know, you brought this on yourself. That's basically what his friends are telling him to try to fix the situation. They're just telling him that he's a horrible person and that he's sinful and that he must have brought all this on himself. So what does Job reply to his friends? Job says, I have heard many things like this. You are miserable comforters, all of you. 
Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? I also could speak like you if, if, you know, if you were in my place. I could say what you're saying. I could make speeches against you. I mean, Job, Job's friends just made these long, 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 lengthy speeches about how bad he must be. And, I mean, if, if, if you're suffering and in misery, the last thing you want to hear as encouragement is a long, long speech that you have to dissect and absorb, right? I could make long speeches against you and shake my head at you. But my mouth, my mouth would encourage you. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. What's Job saying? He's telling his friends, you know what? If the roles were reversed, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. I would encourage you. I would comfort you. I wouldn't try to sit here and tell you what's wrong with you, tell you how you should fix the problem. No, I would encourage and comfort you and try to build you up. He's essentially telling his friends, guys, I don't need what you're telling me. Here's what I need. I need encouragement. I need comforting words right now. Because, I mean, this may be a little controversial to some, but you can be righteous. You can be strong in your faith. You can be right with God and still be tested and still be grieving and still be suffering. A lot of people can't accept that. Job's friends couldn't accept that a righteous and upright man, someone whose faith was strong in God, someone who did right before God, could be suffering. They couldn't accept that. So they tried to make sense of it in their own way by telling him that he was doing everything wrong and they wanted to fix him. Now I get it. I kind of get where they're coming from. Because isn't it very uncomfortable really to be around somebody who's grieving? Isn't it sometimes uncomfortable for us to be around somebody who's suffering, who's in pain, and we just, we just want to dive in there and fix it. Why do we want to do that so much? Because we don't want to feel our own uncomfortable feelings because of what they're feeling. So I get where Job's friends are coming from. I'm sure they felt uncomfortable by his misery. I'm sure they felt uncomfortable and, and disconcerted by his grief and his pain. And they were trying to make sense of it, but it wasn't in an encouraging, building up way. So, you know, be aware of what you are saying. We need to be aware of what we are saying when we are encouraging each, each other. You know, words of encouragement that start with um, things like Job's friends said, like, oh, this is what you should do. Or, I bet I know why this happened. Just nix it right there. And it's, it's, more, it's better to ask when somebody's in trouble, ask questions. You know, say, how can I help? What do you need right now? Is there anything I can do? It's more encouraging to know that somebody is by your side willing to do whatever you need versus knowing that somebody's there by your side to try to fix you and patch it up and judge you and make it all better, right? So... Let the others communicate what they need. That's encouraging. Let others tell you what they need in a situation. Look to them for the answers for encouragement. 
And you know what? It's not enough really to even put yourself in the same shoes because sometimes what somebody else is going through, even if you've been through the same thing, you don't, you're not them. You don't know how they're looking at it. You don't know how they're going through it. The way we experience even the same things is very different as individuals. So it's always good to look to somebody else, to the other person, to say, how can I encourage you today? What, what can I do to help you? And follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit because, you know, the Holy Spirit's never going to lead us wrong. In Romans 12, 8, actually talks about the, the gift of encouragement being a spiritual gift. So God doesn't leave us to our own devices when we're giving encouragement, but he helps us along the way. He gives us that gift to be encouragers by following the Holy Spirit. So just remember, when you're being an encourager, what Proverbs 18, uh, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, right? When you're giving encouragement, think and pray before you say it. Let the prompting of the Holy Spirit, let, let the, the gift of encouragement as the Holy Spirit deems fit and gives it to you flow through you. And when in doubt, just, just ask questions. See what the other person would need as encouragement. The last thing the Word of God tells us is that we must rely on God as our ultimate source of encouragement. Now, you thought we left David behind. You thought we kind of left him behind in the previous sermon series, but we're bringing him back today. David, in chapter 30 of 2 Samuel, has returned to his hometown with his army, all victorious, you know, high on life. And in chapter 30 of, of, second, of 1 Samuel, his army returns with him to find their hometown completely burned down. And not only is their homes, are their homes burned, are their possessions taken, it's pretty much a Job situation, right, that David has been facing here. But his wives, the wives and the children have been captured. They come to find their homes completely decimated, completely destroyed, and their family is gone. Talk about a hopeless situation, right? Talk about needing some encouragement. And I don't think, um, you know, words like, it'll be okay, <laughs> is going to suffice in this situation. First Samuel 36, David was greatly distressed, right? Him and his men just wept. They were broken down, understandably so. Because the men were talking of stoning him. Their grief turned to anger, and they wanted to blame the leader. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And I love whenever scripture talks about the capital L-O-R-D. Capital L-O-R-D means the name of God. That's a personal, caring intimate God. You know when you see capital L-O-R-D, that's going to mean that, that God is close in that situation. And so the King James Version actually says David was, in, that he encouraged himself in, his, in the Lord his God. The Amplified Bible puts the two together. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. The word here I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. It's one of those Hebrew words that takes the back of your throat and makes you spit all over everybody. You know, that, that sounds, I'm sure you probably, you could probably give me some lessons, okay, um, in how to pronounce it, but it's 
C-H-I-Z-A-Q, Chazak or something. I don't know. Anyway, I have to look it up. But it means basically that David talked to himself about God. Here, when it says that he encouraged and he strengthened himself in the Lord, David preached himself a sermon. That's what he did. He talked to himself about the Lord. And David actually had lots of practice, didn't he, in doing this. If you read all throughout the Psalms, you see David constantly preaching to himself, constantly encouraging and strengthening himself in the Lord, constantly talking to himself about who God is and what he does and his power and his might and his glory and about his identity in the Lord and about how his relationship to the Lord functions and about how God has anointed him to do his will, right? You see David encouraging and building himself up all throughout the Psalms. And so that is what David is doing here because he knew he could not go back to his men. He could not strengthen his men. He could not encourage his men to go forward and do what needed to be done until he himself sought the ultimate source of encouragement and strength, which was the Lord his God. And so he sought the Lord. He inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? He asked God. And as the Lord is so faithful to always answer us, the Lord answered, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them, and you will succeed in the rescue. And so now David had this, the encouragement in the Lord. He had the strength of the Lord. He had, he had the word of the Lord to go on, to take to his men, and to go forth, and to rescue his wives, the wives and children of his town. And not just that, but amass tons of plunder and riches to spread throughout, to make them richer even than they were before. All because he encouraged himself in the Lord. He was able then to encourage his men. And they were able to be successful in rescuing their families. Now, there's that word shazak, right? Because how do we then encourage ourselves in the Lord? I want you to remember this word today. However you want to pronounce it, chazak, preach to yourself, preach to yourself the word of God. That is how we encourage ourselves in the Lord. We go to the ultimate source of encouragement. In God's word, right, this word right here has way more than a hundred reasons to be encouraged. This word right here is how we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. This word here tells us all about who God is. It tells us what he does. This word right here tells us how we function as believers in our relationship with God. This word right here gives us our full identity in who we are as God's creation and as children of the Most High God. And as believers in Jesus Christ, it gives us our identity. It tells us who we is and who we are and whose we are. This is how we encourage ourselves in the Lord. We preach to ourselves. We give ourselves God's word. We fill ourselves with his word. And then we can go and take that and encourage one another. Now, it's interesting because in reading the word and encouraging ourselves from the word, neurologists believe that negative words 
which the world is full of negative words, isn't it, right? It's so full of negative words. And many times us as Christians, that's really all that we even harp on as human beings is the negativity around us. And there's actually a reason for that. Neurologists have studied and believe that negative words imprint on our minds instantly. Instantly imprint. Instantly stay. But positive words take at least 15 seconds to make an impact and an imprint on our minds. It takes time to think about positive things. It takes time to recall positive things. And so as we read the word of God, it's going to take meditation. It's going to take work. It's going to take repetition. It's going to take constant reminders to imprint the positive word of God in our minds to encourage ourselves in the word of God. But as you read it, let me encourage you with this today. As you read God's word, as you meditate on it, as you repeat it, as you give it that time, that 15 seconds or so, to sink into your mind and imprint itself on your mind and replace those negative thoughts and negative news and negative things around you, you will find encouragement about all that God is. Way more than a hundred reasons. You will find all the reasons. You will find all the reasons to be encouraged in the word of God. Every possible reason that there is. Now, one of the quickest ways um, that I have found to reference God's word quickly for, you know, when, you, when there's, there are times that you really need to reference God's word quickly and you want that just to soak in that encouragement from his word, I like to journal it. So, Matt, you can uh, come up and start giving us some music behind as we close. So as we close today, I just wanted to give you some encouragement that I have gleaned from God's word lately. And hopefully it will encourage you. I don't journal really long a lot of times. I don't do big, long entries. Sometimes I just read a chapter and write one word. One word simply about who God is. Maybe a short phrase. I'll read a chapter and I'll, sometimes I'll just journal a short sentence or a few words about what God does. So sometimes I will write scripture out in prayer to encourage myself in the Lord, reminding myself of how our relationship to God functions and how I can improve upon that relationship and grow deeper in that daily. Sometimes I simply just write scriptures. If there are scriptures that I want to remember, if there are scriptures that are key scriptures to me in, in my life at that point or just in my life of all time, I will simply write down the scriptures so I have them easily accessible, ready to, to read in times of trial and trouble every day throughout the day, whenever I need to reference God's word quickly and glean encouragement from his word. So in the past, uh, a few months ago, I read Genesis and I simply read it for God, who are you? Tell me who you are through these chapters. And I read chapter 7. God is, and I filled that in. God is in control. In chapter 21, I, I read, and I wrote, God is promise keeper, guide, helper. El Olam, which means God eternal, everlasting God. Chapter 22 of Genesis is one of my favorite names of God. 
God is Yahweh Yirah, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You know what God does? If you read the book of Exodus, you will see some powerful things that God can do. In chapter 6 of Exodus, God promises hope for the future. And he desires a relationship with his people. In chapter 14 of Exodus, I love this. I love who God is. I love what he does. God completely destroys the enemies of his people with precise timing and planning. That's what he does. In chapter 40 of Exodus, God makes his presence known, visually seen, and his glory fills the temple. That is who my God is. That is encouraging. That is building us up so that we can then bring that encouragement to one another to keep going, to keep fulfilling the Great Commission, to stay true to the vision and the ministry that God has given us. Let me just give you a couple more. Romans 10, 9. This is how our relationship with God functions. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not a shadow of a doubt. God's word does not leave a shadow of a doubt how we relate to him. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And as we close, as we go to prayer today, Hebrews 4.16, I love this promise. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, because there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Every possible way to be encouraged is in the word of God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. Can we do that today? Our prayer time, the response to this message is going to be so simple. You don't have to move. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't even have to stand up. But as we go to prayer today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just by a show of a hand raised, can you just raise your hand to acknowledge that You need some encouragement today. Just between you and God right now, just acknowledge with a hand raised, God, I need some encouragement today. 
I need your encouraging word. I need to be encouraged about a situation I'm facing or about just life in general. God, I need your encouragement. Hands up all over the place, God. That, that, that God, we just need your encouragement today. Now, I want to encourage you as your hands are raised, if, if you would like someone to come pray alongside you, someone to be an encourager and pray alongside you, keep that hand raised. And I, I just encourage you right now in this room, if you are, see, are feeling the Holy Spirit's leading to be an encourager, to come alongside somebody whose hand is raised and pray for them. It could be somebody in your row, somebody in front of you, somebody in back of you. Just look for hands raised all over this place right now if, you're, if you want to be an encourager right now. Come alongside somebody and pray for them. Maybe, maybe somebody in your row, maybe you're in the same row and you're both having your hands raised. Maybe your spouse, you know, is next to you and you know you both need encouragement. And guess what? Encouragement is one of those things that is mutually beneficial. It's been beneficial for the one who receives it. It's beneficial for the one who gives it. It builds us all up to encourage one another and to receive encouragement from one another. Can we just pray for one another today? Can we just gather together and just be encouraging to one another as we go to prayer today? Can we do that right now for a few moments? Let's be an encouragement to one another. Father, we 